0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This podcast, a come follow me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler.
1: We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler.
1: I'm Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to Don't Miss This. Halloween edition. <laughs> if you're watching on <laughs> podcast, then you miss the fact that there's a gigantic skeleton um, sitting behind me. His name's Carl. Um, he hangs out at our house. All year month long. The... Just well, no. I, we make Caleb put him away in February every year, but he comes out <laughs> at Halloween and there's other stuff up on this desk behind us that you would have saw that we're going to show because uh, we kind of have a fun way to teach this lesson of Ezekiel and even if you're not teaching this lesson of Ezekiel um, this kind of method is a good one to use in yeah, another lesson yeah it's one of our favorite yeah. in
1: primary i use it in primary we use it with the youth i used
0: it with seminary
1: and when... i was at a class in parker and a lady did it and oh, really? i was like oh i actually love being a student in this class that's fun okay and you did it at seminary
0: yeah we actually did it for Isaiah like i would put oh. out all the objects and then people pick so we'll explain that yeah. in just a second For Ezekiel, which um, no one ever reads in the history of the whole earth and it's actually so it's
1: one of our favorite books. Good, good
0: book. Like he's a dreamer, a visionary kind of and so like if you are into pictures and you're artistic and you're visual, Ezekiel's your guy. You can call him Zeke. That's how much he would be like in with you.
1: You almost have to change Carl's name.
0: Oh, he, he has to stay
1: Carla. It's so sad.
0: Um, Elle said the other day, we need a Carla. Um, so I was. Um, oh, there's something I wanted. To, two things we want to tell you before we jump into Ezekiel.
1: Three actually.
0: Three things we want to tell you before we jump into Ezekiel. I can't remember the third one is.
1: Well, you have two for the app.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm trying to clear something up on the app for people. A little helpful tip. So, um, let me just show you that cause it's easy to show you real quick. And then for the listeners, hopefully you can catch on and get this. Um, we can put it on our stories too, if it's helpful for people, um, on the app that we have, which houses everything that we do plus bonus material. I, let me just, I do want to say something about bonus material now that I'm oh, okay. saying it because last night we honestly had the, just the best family scripture study. We just do it for a couple minutes before we do prayers at night. That's what we do in our house. And, um, I added a different style of question into the dailies where it was like one for the little, little kids, one for the medium kids, one for the big kids. And I just loved it. I really, really loved it. And I know that sounds funny for something we created, but (laughs) when I posted this pic of general conference, somebody commented on my, you know, my DMS like, Oh my gosh, you, do you use the timeline? Cause it was in the background (laughs) and And I was like, like, Oh my gosh, listen. Everything that we create as a resource, we created for us first. And we're, and we're just Sherry. sharing it. Like we genuinely <laughs> use all of these things that we have. And the one we just had for Isaiah um, 58 through 66 last time was about um, that he puts on the righteousness as a breastplate, mm-hmm. the helmet of salvation on his head. And the question for the littles was, what are some of the things it says he puts on? Like it's easier. It's like, and what does it sound like he's dressed up as? You know, and Caleb and Jones are like, a warrior, you know? And then, you know, the other questions are, well, what do warriors do? And why do you think he would be depicted as a, a warrior? And what are some of the things he's fighting against? You know, what are some of the enemies in your life he would fight against? Anyways, it was just so awesome. So I just wanted to say that. That's in the daily section. It's I one love of the, the dailies. Yeah, it's, I think it's one of the most golden. Like, it's awesome that the app's so convenient and we put the bonus resources in there. But this is like one of the the gems of the app, I think, are the daily section. So I just want to show you this. If you are finding, people are asking, wait, I don't see like the new content showing mm. up, the new newsletters there, the new videos. When you get on just the main page of the app, um, you just want to swipe down. Now, if you swipe down a little swipe, you're going to see like the little spinny guy up top. See him there? But you need to do a full big swipe until it goes to this screen where it's full white with like the status bar in the middle. So a big swipe, that's what's gonna help it refresh and bring in new content, okay? are not seeing Because we're putting new something. stuff
1: in there all, all the, the time. Th- okay. And every time we put new stuff in there, um, it just wants you to...
0: But yeah, sometimes it'll do it on its own, but you just might have to do that, drag down to refresh, okay? But do a big drag down. All right. Another thing that you might be missing some content on that we're going to start ramping up even more is um, these push notifications, little messages, quotes, things that will actually come to you.
1: When you say push notification, it makes me feel so like we are uh, the boss.
0: Oh. I want it to
1: be just like a little message from us.
0: messages. Okay. That will come. It's like hope. So, well. Hope is
1: coming in your notification.
0: All right. If you're Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell, um, then just talk, call it whatever you want. But in the app, it's going to say push notification. So just translate that as...
1: Something happier.
0: Happiness. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: Happiness. Ha- daily, daily, daily happiness. happiness.
0: Okay. Go to more in the bottom right-hand section. Go to settings. It'll just pop right up. Then go to notifications. Daily AKA happiness. A.k.a. daily happiness. And then just make sure... This button that says push notifications or glitter, um, I'm not sure what yours is going to say, make sure it's on. You'll see like the black and it turns it on. Um, You also have to turn on notifications in your settings on your phone too to make sure that they come. If you don't know what that means, ask someone um, starting age 13 and up. Um, and they can help you turn those on and whatever. Kind and of what's going to come? Have.
1: What's my daily happiness going to be? So
0: just some of like the the quotes and one liners that are um, that in our lessons. So like it just would be just like this daily, like oh yeah, that was
1: I loved that quote. a good reminder. Like what's that scripture. quote everybody wanted? Just barely the C.S. Lewis that we got a million DMs.
0: Oh, yeah, that will come. Yes, like, to that's your phone. what we're going to start
1: putting on. If you start asking us for stuff. It's going to come in the app. It's like magic.
0: Yeah. It's glitter. As well as your daily reading. So if you divided up the reading for the week into like...
1: What should I be reading today? Yeah, what
0: should I be reading today? If you kind of wanted to read all of the reading, it's kind of divided. It'll be in there also divided up like that. And um, kind of like some of our announcements that we make, like we're about to make a really, really exciting one. Um, They will first go to... Those notifications. Those that's that'll be our, our first group that we notify, you know, in order. Because you we'll... just
1: discovered the notifications, and now he's so excited about it that we don't even know what's about to happen <laughs> in the notification part of the app. Things are going to get exciting. You
0: only get one a day max. I promise. Okay. Don't think, and they'll all be good. <laughs> Remember, they're like glittery. So that's it's all that. Hopefully, that is um, really helpful. If you want in on the app, um, go to don'tmissthisapp.com. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Yep. You have to go there first. You're going to download it in the app store, and then you're going to be confused. Go yes. First, don't
1: download it first in the app store.
0: First, go to don'tmissthisapp.com. Sign up for the subscription. Then you can go to the app store and download it. You'll have your login and everything. Okay. That's so fun. Um, okay.
1: One more really fun thing that we're so excited about.
0: Last time we talked to you about if you missed some of like the new exciting stuff. Remember those resources we talked about for the. Um, that we make for ourselves and we share with you. One of them is the Word a Week poster. Carl is holding ours this week since we had to, since we had to make room for him. Um, next it, year, they're going to be... Next year, they are the Names of Christ. And that name is found in the section that you're studying for that very week. And what that name is in Greek. And then kind of what other translations in Greek could be for that name. So the And whole it will be week,
1: the verse from the lesson... That it comes out of.
0: Yeah, so you get the name of verse that includes that name and some, like, a bigger explanation of what that name might mean or implies about his character. And then we're
1: going to have 52 names by the end of next year. That's what I'm most excited about. It's just understanding 52 names.
0: And I'm telling you what I'm already stressed about is how do we top this idea for the Book of Mormon year? I know. (laughs) But we can't think about that yet.
1: Okay, but this is the number one question we get asked about the posters is how to hang them. So. So fun are these, and we've done these for years, but this year, a, a good friend of ours said, I have the best idea for you, and it is right over there. We put okay, it up there. Okay, show that package also oh, so people
0: can see this that. This is what
1: the package looks like. So it's going to look like this. You'll be. We'll put a link. If this feels so easy to you, plus you might want them for more than just the posters because I'm in love with these now, but what they are is little sticky notes that you just peel off, and you're going to put them wherever you want. We put ours over there. Um. You and they go on the wall, and when you're done having this on your wall, you just take them off at the end of the year if you don't want it there anymore. Like the command but strip. But then, things. yeah, it's like a command strip. But then there's these little magnets that are so cute
0: because the stickers are magnetized.
1: Yes, they're the stick, stickers super are thin, magnetized. But they're magnetized. You and so. me should never work on that um, TV show where they sell things. Shark Tank. We're terrible at it. No, like the you don't even know QVC? what it is. QBC. Yes, QBC. Oh, we yeah. can't work on QBC. <laughs> Okay, right. so you the so ice, we suck the, the things up.
0: And then you just take the magnet and it just sticks right like that. So all you see is just the magnets that are there.
1: And now and, you can put it anywhere in your whole entire house and you just don't even have to put if it if down. If this hanger thing doesn't
0: wall. fit somewhere, you can just use these and, it, and it's a little it could bit go more in your minimalist. Fridge.
1: It could go but you made it crooked, I feel like.
0: No, no, no. It okay. Plus, it's by Carl, so it's Halloween-like okay. if it's crooked. All right. So those might be another way that you want to hang it um, and we're really excited about those posters.
1: And we put up shepherd for today's lesson. Don't get confused. Watchman is our real word in Hebrew. But we're going to be talking about a shepherd today. So now we're having two you just words. just have both. One for next year, one um, from this year.
0: Okay, here's the timeline. Here's where we're at with Ezekiel. Remember last time we were crying and sad about the fact that they went into Babylon. Now we're going to talk about, for this week and next week, um, the prophets that were in captivity so the children of israel are in captivity but god is still calling prophets while they're there as like slaves to the babylonians right <laughs> captive to the babylonians so this is ezekiel's one it goes in spot number 44 see it's during the 70 years of captivity and it's one of our favorite verses from the whole book and of don't Ezekiel give it away yet don't give it away i won't i won't, I
1: won't. till the very so, end so
0: this is that, so that verse, one of our favorites is the one that kind of represents Ezekiel for it. He is a prophet, um, who is called into captivity and, and, and lives there. And I lost my journal.
1: Oh, well, I think it might be oh, right mine here.
0: Oh, j- it's right here. It's right
1: oh, here. okay. I was so, going to say
0: something about the years in the journal. Um, oh, Before okay. Yeah, it, right, let's yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about okay, the lesson. Yeah, good idea. Okay.
1: So this is one of our favorite ways to teach. And it's going to work like we told you. It doesn't matter what you teach—seminary, in your house, family home evening, use uh, Sunday school. It works for primary, so good. Someone just did it in Relief Society in Parker, Colorado, just barely. It's one of our very favorite ways to teach. So, what you do this le- this uh, book of scripture, we picked out six lessons we love. You can pick out however many you want, but there are six that are like our favorite lessons. And we found one thing to symbolize every lesson. So you'll see. We have this little castle, binoculars, this um, brick, brick, then a measuring tape that David loves. Please bless it stays on the board and not in his hands for the whole lesson. (laughs) And Carl. And the staff. And the staff. And what we would do is set it up, all of these things, just like it is. And then with the class, we would just say, pick which one you want to start with. And then you just get to pick whichever one you want to start with. And you Um, can
0: spend as long as you want on on, that. You might not make it through all the objects. So you just pick the ones that...
1: You might not make it through all the objects. Or if you're like we are today and you do want to make it through all the objects, it's super fun to set a timer. So it it goes off when you are done with... Um, that lesson. So we're going to do 10 minute lessons cause they're so good and we want to give a half hour to each one, but we won't. Yeah. Uh, we'll do 10 minute lessons. So you can do that. Or lots of times when I teach, I'll put six up there and we'll get through like three Yeah. and still good. And then everybody's like, wait, I wanted to know about the measuring tape. And then you can just send people home with an invitation to read yeah. whatever you didn't get to
0: learn a little bit more about it.
1: We're going to go in order cause it'll be easier for you Uh, but you would go in any order. Like if someone was like, I want to start with the binoculars, you would start there. And probably in this lesson, I would go in any order except for the castle. And Um, with that one. And I would all, I would end with this. Yeah. So I would just say at the beginning, you can pick anything you want, but not the castle because we're ending with the castle. Yeah. You can pick
0: your favorite one. The thing that you think is most relevant, um, for your class and just say, this is our last one, you know, um, and if you pick really, really good objects, like obviously someone's going to pick Carl, right? That so you might so want to pick an object that you're like, is, is like, oh, if there's one that you like, I kind of want him to pick this one. You can lead the witness. Okay. It's really easy by picking a, a super good, oh. you know, symbol or whatever. Okay. Ezekiel is this prophet that we talked about that gets taken away. Um, before Babylon fall. Uh, excuse me, before Jerusalem falls, Did before the, the city is Do, destroyed. Should I be the timer? I, I'll be the timer. Okay. Before it's destroyed babylon's coming in and he's taking groups of people away um daniel is going to be taken away in the very first group of people like we'll talk about him next time ezekiel is taken away during that second siege and so you see those dates up in the top right hand corner they're approximate because historians are guessing um but ezekiel is there and i love the way ezekiel one starts because you get the call of a prophet which we've seen several times but there's just unique things about each one and it says it came to pass in the 30th year in the fourth month in the fifth day I was among the captives by the river of Kabar. That word river also means like a canal. So there is this refugee city or captive city, whatever, a city of captives in Babylon. And he is just sitting next to the canal. He's 30 years old. Why that's significant is because Ezekiel is a priest and was a priest. And that's when your service as a priest started. So it seems like he's kind of like, "Ugh, oh, I should be back in Jerusalem today. I should be starting my service in the temple Nothing's right. Everything's gone wrong. I'm just by this dumpy canal, right? And there in that spot, um, he has a vision in chapter one of the glory and power and, and majesty of, of God. It's in a really, really symbolic um, depiction that he, that he sees it in. Um, but the thing that I think is really powerful about chapter one is what's going to make him, um, uh, uh, what I want to say is this. He's called to something he didn't expect that he would be called to in a place he didn't expect to be called at a time he didn't expect, but he's going to be really powerful at it. And the reason he's going to be so powerful is because he has this experience with God first. He spends time in his presence and that's what's going to make him um, really powerful. And I love that it happens next to that river in a place he didn't think he should be. Like it happened in like... Ordinary. Ordinary, regular part of his day called to something he didn't expect, maybe didn't want. And mm-hmm. I love that as a pattern for what God calls us to be. You might be sitting in, in your living room right now with laundry all around you and think, I didn't think this was going to be, you know, where God led me and called me to. But you can have experience in his divine presence and you can have powerful, meaningful mm-hmm. impact even if it wasn't the life or the calling you thought or expected to be called to.
1: That's so good. And I love that what he is called to be is um, on on the watchtower. He's in charge of watching what is going to happen and guiding the way. I don't know if you've ever seen a watchtower before, but um, I went to Mexico. And in Mexico, the trees are so high. They're jungles. They're, They're really, really high. And if you're in the trees, you cannot see out of the trees. You wouldn't know if danger was coming unless it was like 10 feet in front of you because that's how dense the forests are. Have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so awesome. So they would build these watchtowers that you could climb up over the height of the tree line and then you could see three days away. I don't know how many miles it was because everyone who's ever taught me the lesson teaches me by days. How many days away you could see something approaching you. And I love the thought of that, that it's not by distance away. It's by time, Mm. amount of time Mm. away, that danger would come to you, that they could give a warning call. And that's what Ezekiel is going to be, is this watchman on the tower. We use
0: the binoculars, by the way, to symbolize. So this is what someone would pick in our version uh, for the watchman
1: yeah if you were the watchman and it's going to be in ezekiel three seventeen, and you maybe would tie that on here so that you knew exactly where everyone was turning to um it tells us this son of man i have made thee a watchman unto the house of israel therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me and we love the thought of this of hearing the word of the mouth and um, from him And then having that warning that's gonna come that he's gonna tell them. And he's gonna tell them, you have two choices in verse 11. It says, and go, give thee to them of the captivity, unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them and tell them, thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear.
0: And he tells him later on in the chapter, I don't know if you were gonna go here your job is to be a warning voice Mm -hmm. their job is then to choose whether to hear or forbear right and so like it actually doesn't matter whether they listen to you or not i know you want them to but like just first of all your job is going to be sound the warning cry that's your job now their job is whether they're going to listen to that or not yes
1: yeah what will they follow that warning that comes from this trumpet And I love that he tells him right at the get-go before he even gets started and they will choose whether to hear or whether to forbear. One of my favorite ways to study scripture is actually to study words or small phrases. We both love doing that. where We'll just pick out a little phrase from that scripture. And when I was reading these, I thought to myself, I want to know what the difference is between hearing and forbearing. Like, what is the difference? If you were going to hear it, or if you were going to forbear it. And so I looked it up in a concordance to see what does that word here entail? Like, what would that look like? And it's interesting because it means not just to listen. Tell people what
0: a concordance is. Oh, a
1: concordance will take whatever language that word came from. So if you're in the Old Testament, it will be Hebrew, most likely. And it will take that Hebrew word and then it will say, it could have meant any of these things. Um, if you're in the New Testament, usually Greek, and then it will tell you, like, you, this word could have been translated any of these words. So when they're talking about hear, the kind of hear they're talking about then will be described in that concordance of, like, this is what it looks like to hear. And it means to hear intelligently with attention and obedience do you think that's interesting? Like when you were raising kids, well, you are right now. When I was raising kids, I didn't just want him to hear me. Like, did you hear what I said? How many times as a mom <laughs> do you say that? You don't mean did you hear what I said? You mean, Jenny only- did you pay attention? And are you about to be obedient to what I just said?
0: Jenny said, Will you ask the kids to do this? They have become deaf to my voice. Like they don't hear it anymore. (laughs) Like they're not even like you. They're so used to hearing it. It's now become background. So I I need your voice to say
1: it. Yeah. And I love that that's what he's saying. He's like, listen, I'm not just talking about, do you hear noises coming out of my mouth? I want you to, with attention and obedience, hear my words, which is so interesting. Carefully. Uh, It's to understand and then it's also to witness, which is true because like how many times too were your kids like, no, mom said whatever that the one who listened, right? was like, no, no, no. This is what we're supposed to do. I love that like hearing is going to actually require something Mm. from you. It's it's not just noticing that somebody spoke, but it's going to require a response. That's the hearing he's talking about. And then when I looked up the word forbear. Um, You are going to get such a kick out of this because the first definition of forbear is, so remember your choice is this, you can decide whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. The first definition for forbear is be flabby, which I think is so funny. And you just think of grandma arms. Sorry to all of us who are grandmas. Like nobody wants to see that, which makes me think nobody also wants to be that either. Right? Don't. Don't be flabby. Don't be. That's,
0: don't have spiritual grandma on.
1: Yes, that is the truth. And um, it also says it means forbear means to be lacking, to be idle, uh, to be unoccupied is what this word could have been translated as. So you can either hear with intention and obedience carefully, or you could choose to be flabby and like that's the part of grandmahood I'm looking forward to least. <laughs>
0: It reminds me of um, the way Elder Bednar started his general conference Mm, talk when he was like, If you have ears to hear, then let them hear. Like, it was almost like a call to attention. Like, you're going to have to engage
1: more than audibly
0: in order to understand what I am trying to teach you right now. And I thought what was interesting about that is it um, perked me right up. Because I I love what he teaches, mm-hmm. and I think there's something about this. Like some people are called to be watchmen on the tower. They're called, another word for that is a seer, S E E R. That word could also be S E E dash E R, one who mm-hmm. sees. Yeah. Right. I remember a friend of mine saying to me one time, "Well, something about what one of our current watchmen said." Like I just don't see why that's relevant, and I was like, "Thus the need." For someone who can, yes, right—that's that's, that's part of forest. our theology. Yes, yeah, like we can see beyond the Have trees. some with a spiritual gift I love to be that. able to do that. But um, that—I I was thinking <laughs> when I was talking about mom's voices, you know, calling. Have you ever seen that fire alarm that isn't a beep, beep, beep? It's a mom's voice, <laughs> you know? and there's so much research about it that it actually wakes up kids better. Because it's the voice of someone that they trust and that they recognize mm. more than the. Beep, like an beep, alarm clock. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like there's something about being a hearer of a watchman that mm. first requires you to understand, like we talked about last week. What's their intention? Yeah. Do I trust them? Do I, that's you know, so their, their character? So that's the that's the watchman. Okay. Second one we're gonna look at is this uh, brick.
1: Yeah, I love this lesson, and you may have never discovered this part of. Ezekiel before and it might become one of your favorite parts. We're going to be teaching out of Ezekiel 13 and Ezekiel 22. Um, I actually like to start in 22, go to 13, come back to 22 because he sets it up so well in 22. And what happens in 22, Ezekiel 22 verse 30, we'll start here and we will come back here at the end. It says this, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And I'm so intrigued by this man who's going to stand in the gap, um, right? That's going to make up the hedge and, and what was his job. And if you've ever been again to those um, old cities like Jericho, we saw it there Or you will see it if you go to Mexico to like Tulum or any of those cities. Um, You will see there what kept the cities safe. Jerusalem, right? The walls of Jerusalem. We hear about them over and over again. What kept the people safe was the walls. It was the hedge. Um, It was that strength is what kept everyone inside safe. And what happened is somehow the walls were falling down and there were gaps in the wall or gaps in the hedge right there, that then the enemy can get in. If the wall is compromised, the enemy can get in. And there's two important lessons here, and we're gonna talk about both of them. First of all, why did the wall become compromised? That's like a really important lesson. And second of all, then, why was there no one to stand in the gap and protect the city until the wall could be fixed? And so we wanna start talking about the wall first, like what was wrong with the wall? And so we'll go to uh, 13.
0: 13, there. and if you go to chapter 13, verse 10 is where we want to start, halfway through it, and it says, And one built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with untempered mortar. Say unto them which daub it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall. When wind com- an overflowing shower, that means a storm, or great hailstones, it shall fall. A stormy wind will break it in half. And then this question when the wall is fallen shall it not be said unto you where is the daubing wherewith you have daubed it when the wall actually Mm -hmm. falls the question is why did it fall what did you use for the mortar what did you use to
1: secure that wall together so we've had a ton of practice with actually building (laughs) walls that is true about us and um, one of the places where we have done that together is in mexico at an orphanage and when you are in mexico um what happens is every process of that is laid out. In third world countries, this is true. You have to like first make the sand and then you bring that sand that pour um, the sand. Yeah. Well, we and I don't want sand. to I don't want to say that. I wanna say you sift it. Like you there's a certain kind of sand that you need and it is that fine grit. That's what you're trying to get. You can't have the big rocks in there. You're looking for that fine grit. Then you bring that over and I get the biggest kick out of it. they make it right in the kitchen. Like I'm like, should we be making that outside? But they usually will bring it right into like the main part of the house that you're working on, even if it's for the fence. It's still just right there because the sun won't get on it. The elements won't get on it. They bring it into a place and they pour that sand. And then there's a certain amount of water that's required. And in your mind, you think that's all you need is just the sand and the water. But we quickly learned there is that word tempering is super important. And it's something that happens you'll start mixing and then there's going to be this moment when like it tempers or it like sets and it, and it kind of is this moment of like stillness where everything rests for just a second and that happens. And then you can start using that mortar and if you don't let it temper the mortar will not hold and the mortar can be used to set each brick upon brick. The way you see it if you build a brick house, but like in um, Mexico, and I don't know if it was the same like in Fiji when you were there, you'll put that mortar between the bricks and then the same thing, you'll come and daub the wall. It's almost like an extra protection so that you've got that cement on the outside so nothing can get to the inside and the wall is doubly sound because of it. So there's two parts of the process we love.
0: Yeah. So what do you want to say about that stillness part? Or do you want me to say Yeah, I
1: want you to start with the sand because okay. that's what you start with.
0: Yeah. So uh, this interesting about it is if you took like just sand and water together and mixed them and then a little bit of the cement mixture, it would look like the same. And you could fill it on there and it would stick like for a little bit and you could put it on the outside, but it just won't be strong enough. It needs a certain level of that grittiness of a certain kind of element in order to give it strength. And it doesn't seem like it's gonna make very much of a difference at first because it's pretty simple, but it makes all the difference. And one of the lessons that I really love from this, when that question is, what are you daubing your wall with? I wanna say this, there needs to be some of that grit in there, there needs to be some gritty substance in there that's going to actually make it whole. And if I were to list some of the, the gritty principles to live by, I think they would be things like sacrifice, um, obedience, humility, um, patience, love. Go to section four of the Doctrine and Covenants. That's mm-hmm. a list of the the, the gritty principles, the mm. ones that will like create strength the ones that will actually hold um in the end the the other leaders of this time ezekiel's calling them out and saying like you're just like putting up this random stuff and saying that's fine it's fine it's fine but he's like walls actually fall if there isn't something like gritty about them um doctrine covenants calls one of those that i just mentioned like a law of heaven Mm. and i love thinking about a law of heaven to me equals like bringing the power of heaven here Mm. like inviting that power of heaven here and there are some gritty principles that do that
1: well and i think it's so interesting too because put my timer up so i can see how am i doing um there are some good principles too when you get into ezekiel 22 because he's like let me tell you what's wrong with your mortar like let me explain to you what is wrong and we heard about this at conference, just barely, where he says, this is the problem. The people who are mixing your mortar right now, they don't have any difference between the holy and the profane. I'm in Ezekiel 22:26, 26. And I love looking at that word profane. It uses it here, and it's also in 12, um, that it means common. They're not making a difference between what is holy and what is common. I love when President Nelson was like, there is actually a difference between the philosophies of man and God's holy law. There's a difference between those two things. They have and a which different Which one are you listening to? And they have to? a
0: different impact. They really yeah. honestly do. Yeah, right? and, and
1: they're not going to make strength in you. Um, if, if you're not taking the time, it also says, and you're, you're hiding your eyes from my Sabbaths. Like, these are the things that strengthen, is the grit, right? And the Sabbaths for some reason. And I love that part because when you mix that mortar, it, like if all if you brought that grit and you put it in and you put the water in and all you had was the grit, I know what to do. I know what to do. I know the checklist. It isn't going to be enough. There is something about the Sabbath. There's something about the rest. That is true when you are mixing that plaster. There is something about the pause. When it all of a sudden becomes strong. It is tempered Mm. in that moment. Mm. And I think it's more than just knowing what the grit is. It's more than just someone listing out for you the grit. It's actually letting that settle into you with strength. Mm. And that comes in moments of pause that like at conference, we got a lot of grit a lot, but where is the moment of pause where you're going to go back and look at it and say, okay, I have to let this temper me now. I have to let this make me strong.
0: Settle in. Yep, it's got to
1: settle in so that I can use it. And I think it's so interesting because that's what was missing is no one to let it settle in. Um, You know, he's like, this is the problem. You don't know the difference between the holy and the common. And you're not having that Sabbath experience. And your prophets, the people you're listening to, the people who are influencing you, right now, are daubing you with untempered mortar. That's what's happening. They're serving vanity. They're giving you lies. They're saying, this is what the Lord is saying. And that's not what he spoke, it tells us in verse 28. Don't let someone else tell you the meaning of the grit. Like, you figure out the meaning of the grit. That is the Sabbath moment where you're like, I heard it straight from the prophet, And now I'm going to let that settle in me. And what happens is in verse, in chapter 13, verse five, it says this, here is the problem. First of all, you listened to prophets who didn't make a strong wall. And second, after the wall fell down, he says this in verse five, you have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. And I just think that's such an important warning. Like we are at a time where walls are falling down, and who is going to be prepared to stand in the gap when the battle is raging? Who is going to be prepared for that? And I just love that moment, that thought, where he's like, "I want to be someone who stands in the gap." He says in verse twenty-two of, or in chapter twenty-two, in verse thirty, "I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap." but I found none. And in the ESV, it says this. Sometimes it only requires one courageous, righteous person to stop great evil. evil. But in this case, there wasn't even one. You think about um, in Mosiah when we read about when all the walls were falling down, when everything was falling apart. And then there's that one line in Mosiah 17, 2, um, when Abinadi is speaking Right. And he's talking to everybody and it says this line, but there was one among them and it will be Alma.
0: Yeah. And it's cool to actually think of Alma's story in context, what we're talking about, that he hears what Abinadi says, right? Abinadi like says, like teaches and like Alma lets it settle in. Yes. And he, you know, yes. And, and that's what's and that's actually really And then all of a sudden cool. there's a
1: whole book called Alma of the one who stood in the app.
0: And it was somebody who was daubing and was daubed with the ungritty material. and it's interesting that
1: That you made a change.
0: Yeah, and you and he made a change. Yeah, and and that was okay. Like he used to be one way, and he and he changed, and now he's something different. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, Um, the next item is our big um, staff, our big shepherd Mm -hmm. stack that we have, because there is this lesson in here where. Ezekiel uses the symbolism of shepherds and sheep to teach um, a lesson. And this is in Ezekiel 34.
1: And I love as we start getting into this one, just to think about, we talk about shepherds and sheep a lot. Sometimes we're the sheep. Um, Sometimes we're the flock. And sometimes we're the shepherd. And all through scriptures, it will tell you um, different places. There's a place that we found in Acts. And another one in Jeremiah, where it just reminds us that Sometimes he's the good shepherd, and, and we'll talk about that in John 10. But sometimes he needs us to shepherd and yeah. to help shepherd the flock. And I loved the one that was in Acts 20, um, 28. It says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And I just love the thought of like, okay, if part of my job is to shepherd And, and maybe that's your family, or maybe it's your 16, 17 year old Sunday school class, or, um, you know, maybe it's that group of kids who struggles that comes over to your house once a month. We all have those places where we are called by the Holy Spirit to shepherd over that little part of the kingdom. And I love what Ezekiel says. He's like, you have a problem actually with your flock. And this time, it's not the New Testament problem. Someone has wandered away. This time, the problem actually is the shepherds. That's the problem with the flock, which is scary because the shepherds are there to take care of and to provide watch over. And he says this.
0: And and I like thinking about this, that like sheep actually need a shepherd much in the same way that we need each Mm -hmm. other. Like that's That's one thing that's the same about every person on this earth is they can't do life alone. They need someone. And that is so true because
1: my cute sister, Melissa raises sheep. And there was one year where they had a mom that rejected one of her babies. And so what happens if you're the shepherd is you'll generally take that lamb in. But my sister also had little babies and so she couldn't be out with the lamb and in the house all the time. And so she, they moved the lamb into the house. It moved into <laughs> the kitchen for real life. Its name was Joy. And she took care of that little lamb the same as she took care of her babies. And it got to the point where Joy would follow her around the house. Mm. It would just right at her feet. It was always right there. And and I love that because that's what Joy needed in that moment. Well, What happens is, in chapter 34, verse 2, he says, Listen, Ezekiel, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy. Say to them, Thus saith God unto the shepherds, Woe be unto the shepherds of Israel. Because you're feeding yourself. And shouldn't you be feeding the flock? And then he describes this as a shepherd, which I've never heard a shepherd described like this. And and what if this had been my sister in that moment? He says this, The diseased have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought, again, that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, Um, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them, and they were scattered, and my sheep wandered, my whole whole flock was scattered because (laughs) none did search or seek after them. It's like Mm. the opposite of what you want to believe a shepherd is. And then I love when the Lord says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you know what a shepherd does? Mm. Like, do you know what a shepherd is supposed to look like? In verse 11, he says, "Uh, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. I will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. I will gather them and I will feed them in good pastures and upon high mountains of Israel. That's where their fold will be. And they shall lie in a good fold or rest in a good fold. And I shall cause them to rest. He tells them, I will seek again that which is lost and bring again that which was driven away And will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick and i just love this thought of like who am i which one am i am i shepherding the way the lord would shepherd or am i caught up in being so busy myself with my own things and feeding what feels important to me that i'm actually forgetting by that whole group that is looking for someone to shepherd them
0: yeah I actually like when we were reading 16 just thought man like what a cool way to start every morning as you head off to school like with 16 I will seek that which was lost I will bring back again those that are driven away I will bind up that which is broken and I will strengthen Mm. that which is sick like that's going to be my calling for today as I walk the hallways yeah. of school, as I go to work, as I interact
1: yeah, with, with people, people. Like, even in the grocery store. Yeah.
0: It's like, this is what I'm, my intention is to be in to do. And, and even if you're finding a hard time, like relating yourself to a, sh- a shepherd, even though I, I hope not, I hope that you feel mm-hmm. called to be when he even says in verse 18, those of you who are in, okay, if you can't identify as a shepherd, at least identify as as, as one of the flock. And even sometimes in the flock, he's like, You'll eat up the good pasture and, and trod down the feet of the stuff other people wanted to, and you'll put your dirty feet in their water. And, and, and he's like, and sometimes you'll 21 with your sides and with your shoulders, you'll push out the people with your horns until you, you've scattered them. And it's kind of the same idea, but just like, instead of a shepherd, it's a sheep, it's the same principle and idea there. And it's like, I just love the call to like, wait, don't push people away. Yeah. And don't muddy their water. And it's the and shepherd's don't...
1: job to make sure that isn't happening. Right. In, in the part of the fold, you watch care.
0: Yeah. And it just seems like a really, really beautiful instruction and in how to live life in a way of, of taking care of each other.
1: And I love um, as you, um, will you show me how much time? I oh, love yeah. as you um, look towards the end of Ezekiel 34, it tells us this in verse oh, 25. Oh, the part about
0: David? Is that what you wanted to say No, in 23? I'm saving that
1: for you. I'm <laughs> saving that for you. Do you want to do that part first?
0: Just want everyone to notice in 23 is like, I'm going to shut up a shepherd over them, even my servant David. So you might have a hard time like applying these verses into your own story. But for me, it's super easy because the Lord just said like, David, you're the shepherd. <laughs> so like figure it out so your
1: mom chose the wrong name the right
0: name apparently
1: (laughs) you would think all scripture was written oh the rest of us wait wait i dare you
0: to finish that i dare you to finish that because i know it goes against (laughs) what you believe you were about to say you think
1: our own names in scripture
0: Uh uh-uh if your name's emma you got section 25 (laughs) if your name's
1: you think can you (laughs) share with the rest of us. I am. Oh, I have
0: a whole YouTube channel doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, say, this dear. one's really easy for someone like me. You have to put your own name it's in. It's a good
1: thing we did that first. Yeah. I'm going second. <laughs> Everybody go to verse 25 now. Because I think this is so sweet. Ezekiel 34:25. I will make with them a covenant of peace. And I will cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land. And they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I love the thought of that, of Mm. like, no one wants to go in the woods in the dark. If I was in the woods in the dark, I would not be able to sleep. And I love that he's like, listen, you can sleep in the woods. I've got you. Mm. I I will be Mm. watching over you and just get your rest, get what you need in that moment. It's when um, I was going through that really hard year with Josh I had a little sign that set by Which my bed. Which you would call bed. a
0: wilderness. Like I yeah. was just thinking yeah. that. Like you
1: yeah. and that, were in the woods, and in that the danger. In a dark yeah. place. And there was a little quote by my bed that said, Go to sleep in peace. God is awake. Mm. And every night I would think that to myself. I would think, I can sleep in the woods because God doesn't sleep, He He will watch over this house. And I love the thought that he's like that. You can sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places round about my hill, a blessing. Like, don't you love when he's like, I'm going to make your wood a blessing. Mm. It, Mm. It might feel dark and scary and foreboding to you, but I will make all of that and everything around about it a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessings, not just one, but showers. And then in verse 30, thus shall they know that I, the Lord, their God am with them and ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, and I am your God. And I just, I love how sweet that is that he's like, I've got you.
0: Yeah. Oh, in all seriousness about David in there, (laughs) in one sense, you know, I feel called to be a shepherd, you know, and to care for people. But every time it's talking about David in scripture, we're talking about a future king from the line of David, right? We're talking about like a a king that we're longing for and looking for. And I actually think one of the best things we can do, you know, um, as little shepherds is lead people to the shepherd. Mm, That's so good. To experience showers of blessings and everything that only he can give.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Ezekiel 37 is Carl. Carl.
1: Oh, you're so happy. This is um, his favorite part.
0: <laughs> I adore Ezekiel 37. I I'm think setting it a timer because is...
1: we could be here for a half hour. I'll be in charge <laughs> of Carl's timer.
0: <laughs> I promise I won't be here very long. He is, mm. um, in this one, he has shown this vision. And the vision is of this valley of dry bones, it says. It, 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 it kind
1: verse... of freaks you out a little bit. I'm not going to lie.
0: It's Halloween. It's like, this is perfect. It's oh, yeah. so perfect. Let's talk about that. Yeah.
1: If you are teaching anywhere around Halloween, come follow me.
0: 37. Grab
1: the Ezekiel lesson. Easy. You just want to.
0: Easy. Set me down, verse 1, in the midst of a valley that was full of bones. And lo, they were very dry, it says in verse 2. Which means like the, the marrow's all dried up. There's nothing. They're brittle. It's broken. It's parched. The land is, is like that. Um, and then... He and it's a place you don't want to go. Yeah, it's like Death Valley. It's like the picture yeah. of Death Valley, yeah. right? And he said unto me in verse 3, Son of man, can these bones live? And the every doctor in this uh, listening, everybody who has any sense to them would say, no. And I answered, Lord God, you knowest. And then he said, speak unto these bones and say unto them, O oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And, and he does, He breathes into them. It's bringing back the imagery of the breath of life God breathes into Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. This and is like also
1: this... Um, anytime you see breath or wind in the Old Testament, it hints towards the spirit. We yeah. see that in Nicodemus' story too that I love like what will bring life back to them? will be the spirit coming back into their life. Don't you love the thought of that?
0: Yes, yes, yeah. And he, it's that he has this life-giving words, life-giving laws, uh, life-giving love, and, and he breathes it into them. And you shall live, it says in verse 6. And And I did it, I said it, and then I love this. There was a noise and a shaking as the bones came together like i like like i just think that it's like like he senses movement he senses life like they're a shaking i began. love that
1: this is what's happening someone told me just barely this weekend fear or the feelings of that can mean two things in you it can either be like anticipation and excitement or it can be like Fear, and it's generally feels the same way yeah and I love that you read that and you're like excitement anticipation and I'm like run the other way <laughs> that's totally what happens in my Listen, mind
0: because I know what's about to happen you know and it's just like ooh, like uh, I, I just I love that rattle you know the rattle of the bones in this one because what happens is <laughs> all of a sudden this is creepy it's a little bit creepy y'all but I love it Like all of a sudden they start to get like tendons and muscles and and everything. And, and, And that life giving breath just keeps coming. And all of a sudden in verse 10, the breath came upon them and they lived. And they stood up upon their feet An exceedingly great army. And he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. He makes the application and he says, they say our bones are dried. Our hope is lost and we are cut off. And he says, behold, I will open up your graves and I will cause you to come out and I will bring you alive again. And I love that imagery of this dry, parched, hopeless, dead place that God breathes into and a new creation starts. And it's like, I just, I I feel like there's people who feel like my marriage looks like this. Um, my future looks like this. It's a valley of dry bones. And I want to say that all it takes is the very breath of of God. And, and things can start to change. You're going to start to hear a rattling, mm-hmm. you know, like movement happening and life coming back. And I think this is so hopeful. For the children of Israel, it was we lost Everything. everything. For the modern children of Israel, I can hear people say, I've lost everything. Everything's gone. And I would say, listen for the rattling of bones. Like, God's can and will breathe life back into your story, into your situation, into your relationships. And, and you
1: love, like, as you're talking about it, that, like, we look at the resurrection as something that happens so far away right? from where we are right now. But the fact that we could have daily resurrection. That we could have daily, like, what you thought was dead and beyond repair and, um, you know, so gone. He's like, oh, no, no. I I can daily breathe hope into that situation.
0: I can revive that. That marriage can be resurrected, Hmm. you know. That situation can be resurrected. And there's a really famous set of... Ver- so don't you love this now? And I can't <laughs> I wait. Did. I already loved on, it, but I, I knew
1: you loved I'm it speaking to
0: the, yeah. I'm oh. speaking <laughs> to, the, to everybody, to our people. Um, I, I just Look at verse 14. And shall put my spirit in you and you shall live. Uh, that I will, and I'll place you in your own land And I love it in
1: 14 when he says this. This is one of my favorite things he says. And he says it a lot. I have spoken it and performed it. Yeah. Don't you love when he says that? Like, I'm not just going to speak it to you. I'm actually going to perform it. Like that word here that we studied at the beginning, that I'm going to actually attentively be obedient to what I say. It's true for him too. That He is doesn't just promise. He's able also to perform the thing that he has promised. And I love that it, we see that there. Yeah.
0: I already know the song I'm putting in in the dailies for this one. I'm already like, you know, you know it? that we sit, we call out the dry bones come alive. <laughs> you know, just, like, it, it's such a good song. Every week we it's have a song. In the, in the dailies somewhere. But like, it, it's just this, like, um, it's so, so powerful to me. And, and especially for someone who feels like all hope's gone, I'm dried up on parts. Like, I, I know there's people who like say that and, and feel that, uh, uh, like, um, and there's these famous verses in here that, um, we usually apply in one way, um, specifically, and I want to be a little bit more general with it. He says, moreover, take thou son of man, a stick and you ride on it, Judah, and you take another stick and write on it, Joseph, the stick of Ephraim and, and join them one to another one stick and they will become one in your hand. And so he says, people are going to actually ask you, why are you doing that? What's the symbolism? What do you mean? And he says, thus saith the Lord God, I'll take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel and his fellows, and I'll take the tribes of Joseph, and I'm bringing them back together. And um, what he seems to be teaching here, we talk a lot about this, the sticks mean like the Book of Mormon and the Bible. And did you say and where they, you were? Oh, you sorry. Right now? I just I kept going with the same verses starting in 16, 17, 18, 19. That's where, that's where we are. But the application that Ezekiel makes, which I think is really cool, and I and I think I'll show that they're the same in just a second, mm-hmm. is, is he just says, I'm actually gonna gather together the lost tribes yes. of Israel and the broken, um uh b- broken down, scattered tribes of Judah. And I'm going to bring them back together again. At this point in the story for Ezekiel, that is impossible. Yeah, The northern tribes are gone. They are gone. Yeah, like they're 150 lost. years gone. Judah has no chance of going back. When is Babylon ever going to let their these people? It's gone. Yeah. There's no chance. And that's what that line means. Is It's like, you don't give up hope. It can be a valley of dry bones. And I can bring it back. To to life, and I think one of the ways that we're seeing that is in the modern gathering of Israel, and it's happening through the tool of the Book of Mormon. Right. right? Well, this is and, where it's connected, and the, and the Bible, Bible coming together.
1: Both. I love that he's like, "This feels so big for you." I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like the big, but then I'm also gonna show you in the small the how. It's gonna be the Book of Mormon yeah. and the Bible the, through the
0: means of a restoration work. Right. Yeah. So it's not. It's it's totally accurate, right? Not, not that anyone needs me to say it's accurate, right? To talk about that, but I would just if I taught that, make it bigger. Yes. Make it like the Book of Mormon and the Bible are the means.
1: Yeah. They're to, the why. They're they're like when you well they're how, how but, to a but they're great also work. like when you read this and you're like yeah but why why did he put the Book of Mormon in the Bible yeah, together? Yeah. Right. Right. That, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That when you read this and you're like well what's the why? The why is because it's the how. Yeah. How about that? <laughs>
0: okay. I was like, I, that just sounded like algebra again. Uh, right? But they're the means to this yes. great, it's one of the tools he's using for this great work that he's accomplishing. At, and and it's so cool to see on a, on a big, and I wide love scale.
1: That you connected it for this reason. I've read these scriptures 10,000 times. It, right, These were scripture mastery scriptures. We all know these scriptures. The, the Bible and the Book of Mormon will come together. And sometimes I think I was like, yeah, that, did, that happened. That's awesome. That was it's true. It's my quad. He did yeah. it. Yeah. And you've seen people hold yeah. it up and they're yeah. like, here is prophecy fulfilled. And all of a sudden you're making me realize, no, no, no. That actually was not prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy fulfilled is what this will do that seems unfathomable.
0: And what's written. Like, I love that what's written in here is going to rattle bones. Yes. The message of these books, the truth that's in here is going to breathe hope and life back in. Because and, it's a and message in him. And
1: bring everybody yes. back. And yes. then Ezekiel will be right in the end because everybody came back.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say, this is so awesome on this big, wide scale. But everybody listening can think of a specific person mm. that they feel like they are lost. They are gone. They are never coming back. And this chapter right here says otherwise. It mm. says, I can bring the lost and the fallen and the broken mm. back. And I can breathe life back into them. Amen. Ten minutes.
1: Yeah. But except for, can we just say Dry 26? Bones. Can we say 26 at the oh, end? Oh, yes. Please. 37, 26. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I love that. It's like, it's not just a now covenant. Yeah. This is like a forever covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. Oh,
0: that is so awesome. Yeah, so
1: good. Okay. Because
0: did you, can you imagine if in conference president Nelson was like, and now we'll build the sanctuary, a temple in death Valley. And you're just like, no, what? Why? it's all dead there. Everyone's spiritually dead. Everyone's yeah. dead. And he's like, No, not after the work I'm doing. Yes, will come alive. Yes. Oh, Oh,
1: I love that part. Um, Jesus take the wheel. This is the next one. This (sighs) measuring thing. We love this. I know you already. He's already like, can I hold that?
0: (laughs) I really do want to hold. No, you
1: can't. Okay, these are build things. These are chapters
0: forty-two through forty-seven in your in your book in your journal. It's called a river, but we use this because there's two kind of. Um, this is an important this part the of the This is the beginning yeah.
1: to get to the river. So the river's coming second, but you're riding in the river. And what happens is, in this part of the story, in chapter 24, um, he's a man comes and says to him, Okay, I need you to get... Uh,
0: you mean 42. You yeah, said I 24. You said 24. Oh, what so. was I
1: even thinking about? Oh, it's I just was, reverse. Reverse. It? <laughs> um, in My chapter line. <laughs> 42, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. He says this, um, I need you to get this ruler he's going to come he's going to start measuring this place that is what's going to happen and in verse 15 of chapter 42 he says first you're going to measure the inner house and then i'm going to bring you out to the gate that's facing east and i need you to now you're going to start measuring this and there's this measuring that is going to happen he measured the east side with a measuring reed 500 reeds and um he does that and he does the north side 500 reeds And then he measures the south side and he turns about to the west side. And all of this measuring is taking place that you're like, why did someone record all the measuring for so many chapters? And he wants to talk about that this place that he's measuring now by the four sides has a wall round about 500 reeds long and 500 broad to make a separation. And the sanctuary, there's going to be the separation between the sanctuary and the profane Place. Remember we talked about that word profane. It means common. It'll tell you again here in the footnotes. There's a difference between the sanctuary or the holy and the profane or the common. And you need to measure out. He wants to tell them where's the place that is the sanctuary and then measure out where is the place that is the common place. And there's going to start being this separation is going to start taking place and then he brings him again and he's like okay now come to the gate and the spirit's going to come and it's going to bring him to the inner court and he's going to come and while he's there he's like in verse 10 okay now what i need you to do is let them measure the pattern and now there's going to be this pattern that he talks about and as we read we start realizing okay i think he's talking about the temple is what he's talking about here. The sanctuary, the profane place, he's measuring out, it's facing east. All of these things are happening. And then he says, uh, now I need you to measure the pattern Mm. of what is going to happen here. Or I love the footnotes for pattern, the arrangement or the plan. Mm. That's what I need you to start seeing. And within this holy place, there is going to be patterns. There's going to be arrangements. There's going to be plans that happen. And he says this in verse 11, And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, show them the form of the house and the fashion thereof and the goings out thereof and the comings in thereof and all the forms thereof and the ordinances thereof and the laws thereof and write it in their sight that they will keep the whole form thereof and all the ordinances thereof and do them. And he's going to set out this process, this pattern, these laws, these ordinances, all these things um, that are the measurables that is going to happen. And that's how they're going to purge themselves. That's how they're going to consecrate themselves for the blessing that we're about to talk about. That is my, probably my favorite part of Ezekiel is going to be yeah. this last part, but it's important because this process of the measuring of the standards of um, the patterns and the processes is what is going to allow this amazing miracle to take place. And, I think it's so interesting when he says to him, The Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well and behold with your eyes and hear with your ears everything that I'm saying about the ordinances of the house of the Lord. Like, give that verse. Uh, that's in chapter 44, verse 5. And um, then
0: give the one about the patterns and everything. Oh, so and the people... pattern
1: was in 43, verse 11. Um, is That's what you want to be setting up. And then again, he says in 44... I need you to teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. They've got to learn how to discern between the unclean and the clean. Like there is something happening within the walls of the temple that are helping them live a higher and a holier law than what they would just normally have. And that's going to be important um, for... Uh, this sanctuary for this place that they're going to come to. And, and he sets that all up, this whole, like, this is how it looks. This is how big it is. This is the which way it faces. This is what happens on the inside. And it's not because he's setting up a list of rules as much as he is setting up rhythms that are going to allow this miracle to take place. And, and,
0: and like a pattern of living. I, like, really love when... Um Tony, Anthony Sweat, our friend, teaches about that the temple laws and ordinances show you a pattern of living that draw the powers of heaven into your life. Mm. They show you, it's like, do you want to draw upon the powers of heaven? Here is the pattern to live by. Which you just made a
1: connection for me that I wasn't anticipating. But when President Nelson spoke in the Sunday morning session of this conference, if you go back and look in that talk, it's really interesting how many times the word power is used. Hmm. And how many times he tells us, you have got to learn how to access the power. Like, you have to learn how to access the and power. We're taught, and we're taught it. In the temple. right? Yeah, that's where it is going to be. Is If you want to learn how to access the temple, then you actually are going to have to figure out the measurements and the... Um, patterns and the what what is it going to take to get myself in there so that i can access the fullness of that power and
0: it's interesting that the temple outlines like the possibilities mm. right blessings or showers of blessings are bestowed and the possibilities of that power and what you can experience are outlined and also the pattern to claim it the yes. pattern to receive it the pattern to live that that, that brings that Yeah, that higher,
1: about. holier it's life. That, it's
0: that, those gritty principles, yes. right? It's the ones that like yeah. give strength and power. And I really, I think I've already said this out loud. I just am in love with the, like, I'm not a rule person. I'm not a laws person. I'm <laughs> not in any of those kind of persons. But I just, I've fallen in love today with the phrase, the laws of heaven. Because I'm just like, do you want to bring heaven here,
1: hmm.
0: here are the ways to do it. That's what that phrase yes. means to me today. That's so good. Where it's just like, live heaven here. Yeah. Live it in this, And he's and showing you the pattern. Yeah. Experience the power of heaven here. How do I do that? How do I do yeah. that? And it's just like, say the magic words. It's like, no, live this, live obedience and I love out, live when, consecration.
1: Do you love when he is like, fulfill the measure of your creation? Yeah. Like, yeah. live up to the measure that he has measured for you that you're like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I do need to get that out and just start thinking about, um, because it's going to lead us to this chapter that we both love in chapter 47 and it was so funny because when David came over this morning he was like in 47 do you think that's a literal like a real temple do you think that is the real temple somewhere and my first inclination <laughs> because i always think this i didn't realize he was thinking big picture i it was like, like a casual coming, like i
0: was talking second coming yeah i
1: was not thinking about that even though usually i am because i love <laughs> the second coming but i was like like now like right now and it's because, you guys, I actually think this is a real temple that we have right now. So anyone who lives in Idaho Falls, when you are teaching Ezekiel chapter 47, you have the best object lesson in your backyard. Like, you need to drive your family there. You need to sit right there and at the temple from, yeah. and, and read it while you're sitting there. Because for some reason... Idaho Falls is the object lesson of the entire church of chapter 47. (laughs) And I so bad want to do it, but I'm pretty sure you can't. But I want to live chapter 47 in... The Idaho Falls Temple Ground.
0: Everyone else, you're just going to have to look up a picture of it, which is sad for you. This is the only time you're happy to live in Idaho Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just I'm They just have a really good barbecue <laughs> place, too. Remember? Oh, well, I brought you back those...
1: Maple bacon.
0: Yes, I forgot about that. I'm just kidding, everyone. I just love if it anyone's
1: there. coming to but, Utah from Idaho and wants to bring me maple bacon, you are always welcome. But
0: that temple looks like a picture, a foreshadowing of a future... Temple yeah. to be built, and but, I love that you get
1: to see it. Like you see Ezekiel, 47. which is actually really
0: cool because, like, I do think this is talking about a future, yes, like something to too. look forward to. But like you said about the resurrection, it's also talking about a present day experience. Yeah, like, true. It's really important to realize that we're not waiting to experience any of this. That it's we, in in full measure. Yes, we're waiting, but in. More than you can handle right now, right? Yeah, if you also. want to, if yes, you want to, if you want to, right?
1: And should you start with Elderooddorf?
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Or should you bring him up in the middle? Maybe uh, you should yeah, bring him yeah. up in the middle. So
0: forty-seven starts, and he just comes to the door of the house, and all of a sudden, water starts coming out from the threshold of the house eastward, and it starts moving. I love that. P.S. Ezekiel lives eastward of Jerusalem right now, and it's cool mm-hmm. that water's headed his direction yeah. Yeah. in the. He's like, it's like the Lord saying like, I'm coming for you, right? Which is so awesome. And he brought me out of the gate northward and he looked and he just saw this water on the right side and he had this measuring thing in his hand again and he, and he goes to the waters and, and, and in the waters and it says in verse three, they're up to his ankles. And then he keeps going in more and he measures it again and it's up to his knees in verse four. And then all of a sudden in verse four, it's up to his loins, it's up to his waist, and then in verse 5, I couldn't even pass over for the waters were r- riven, risen too, like enough to swim in. And too big that you couldn't even um, pass over through them. And it's I, I, that imagery of him yeah. getting deeper and deeper and deeper into that water.
1: It's so awesome. And verse 6. You just love yeah. when he's like, and he said unto me, Ezekiel. Have you seen this? Like, do you see what's happening right now? That is one of my favorite parts um, that he's like, get get in, get in, like be in this part because then he brings them to the brink of the river and they're going to talk about it. But I just love, are you seeing this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love this line from President Uchtdorf in 2012 when he says, when it comes to living the gospel or what else do you want that river to be? When it comes to experiencing grace, when it comes to
1: living the higher and holier yeah. law, like you could put anything you want we in there. Sh-
0: don't be like the boy who dipped his toe in the water and then claimed he went swimming. Um, I, we, he says as sons and daughters of heavenly father, we are capable of, and I would add in president. Uchtdorf, this is okay. Invited to be a part of something so much more, mm-hmm. right? Get in, read that thing that's yeah. in your margins. And I
1: love when it, uh, I just have this written in mind. Are you ankle deep? Or immersed in living water. And I just want to be like, I want to swim it. And then I want to say to people, are you seeing this? Like, come out here and be a part of this. What is happening here?
0: And you can be, if you want, ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep in the grace, goodness, power, and presence of Almighty God. You can, you can, can and and it will change everything. It will change, it it will change so much, but you're invited to swim in it. Mm -hmm. You're invited to be immersed in it. And I love that he brings him back and, and shows him this image that is so awesome, especially if you've been to the Dead Sea before. He sits him on the bank and he watches that water go all the way down into the desert. And it goes right in verse eight into the Dead Sea. And it says, and the waters of the Dead Sea. Were healed. And all of a sudden a great multitude of fish and trees start to like sprout up everywhere. That place is the lowest deadest spot on earth. The only thing that can live in the Dead Sea is like bacteria. It's just, and it's dying. They say it's shrinking. Like it's just mucky, s- gross, fun. dry, fun. super fun to like lay in, <laughs> you know? Um, but just like, yeah. they tell you not to dive in it because if you got like, and in your eyes, in your eyes, or if you got enough in your lungs, you could actually never get it out, and people can drown <laughs> because, like, it's like it's just yeah. dead, and it causes death, and it's the lowest, deadest spot in the world, and it's so awesome that he has shown. He's like, "Do you want to see what this can do to the deadest, lowest spot on earth? It can bring it alive and make it look like the Garden of Eden." That is the power that can come flowing into your life and it's that whole dry bones again Mm. but in a really cool yeah and I
1: love in verse nine when it says and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth whithersoever the river shall come shall live and there um and then he says for these uh water shall come thither for they shall be healed and I love this thought that what does the water do to everything it touches and it heals it that's what it does and and you love that it's living water. And it makes me think of who is living water and it's Jesus. And what does he do to everything he he touches. touches and he heals it. That's what he does. And I love the thought of that. Um, he talks about that. Not only what does the water heal, but the trees that grow up Um, out of it, it hints toward Revelation scripture, Revelation 22, that these trees will grow fruit according to their months, right? Every month, according to the season, whatever is needed, meat or medicine. And uh, don't you love that idea that it's either going to be strength or healing. That is what is going to come from this tree. And I just love, um, I love that thought. I love this thought too. It makes me want to wonder this, how do I access that in the temple? Strength, And healing every time I go in. Because that's going to be, you know, a a far out prophecy. But it also is that every day I can receive strength and healing every time I go to the temple.
0: Right. Yeah. First of all, just simply being in his presence brings that to some degree. Mm. But then living the patterns he's laid out, I think, multiplies.
1: it. Oh, that's so good. Um, So then he stops talking about this. The temple, and he starts talking about this city, and this is one of our favorite parts of the lesson. And this is where we're going to end, is with the city, and he describes what the city is going to look like. And what happens is he starts laying it out, and he's going to, and he starts saying this: There's going to be a gate um, on this side for Dan, and another one for Asher, and there's going to be Naphtali is going to have one, and there's going to be Manasseh and Ephraim and Reuben and Judah and. You go back to that scripture we were talking about, and he's like, everyone, like, remember when I was telling you, not only are those people going to come back, but they're going to have their own gate and their own portion. Mm -hmm. He tells us twice, oh, and there's a portion for you, and there's a portion for you, and there's a portion for you, which makes me so happy because remember they're lost. They're like cast out that you think they are forgotten. And it's like Christmas morning. If you would walk down the stairs and, and everyone else sat down, but they didn't know you were coming. And they were like, oh, we didn't know you were coming, so we didn't get anything for you. But that's not how God is. He's Mm-mm. like, oh, and there's a portion for you, and oh. and there's a portion for you, and there's a portion for you. And, you know, he knows we're coming. He knows you're coming. He's like, of course you would come back. Of course you would. And I have a portion for you when you get here. And and,
0: and it's awesome that, like, they they have a stocking with their name on it. Because, yes, like, There's something really cool about like the gates have your name on them. Yes. Like I took the time to etch it in because I knew you were coming and there's a gate for you. There's an opening in this place for you.
1: Yes. I love that so much about this city, but that's not your favorite thing. You think that's your favorite thing about the city, but it isn't. Verse 35 is your favorite part about this whole city. It says this, He's measuring it. He still has out his measuring, and he's just measuring everything. He's he's getting it all figured out. And it says in verse 35, it was round about 18,000 measures. And then...
0: Well, which is so awesome. Because one thing that we want to say about this city for sure is it's gigantic. Yes. There is room room for everyone in this place. And not only is there room... You have a gate with your name on a stocking. I now am going to read it with stockings from <laughs> now on with your, with your, because you took me to Christmas, you know, with your name on it. And, and I just put out this before you get to the best, very, very, very best part is I think it's so awesome. Like I listen, Ezekiel's being super deliberate when he starts with Dan. Okay. Because he's talking about the way that it was set up and yeah. he's, there's a reason for it, but I actually really love reading it. And mm-hmm. like, who thought Dan would be first? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you just, like, I just love. At the very, you think it's like Ephraim or like it's just like Judah or someone like, I just love. And he starts with the kid who probably would get forgotten yeah. Dan. And it's so awesome. Yeah, like, I it's just so love awesome. it. you like, we're here. Dan,
1: you're yeah. first, yes. you know, there's yeah, a gate for you, yes. there's a
0: portion for you.
1: And then you love that it, he says this, and the name of the city from that day shall be. And aren't you dying to know what the name of the city is? You're, and, and we call it all sorts of things, right? We call that.
0: Holy city, uh, Zion, yeah, Zion, Jerusalem. New Jerusalem New, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: all those things. But I'm, he's like, no, no, no. Church. The name of that city will be the Lord is there. Which I love that. Don't you want people to be like, where are you from? Oh, the Lord is there. Mm. That's the place I'm from. What's your address? Emily Freeman. Wherever I live, the Lord is there. Yeah. I want to live in that city.
0: And what is so beautiful is, again, once again, we are talking about a future. Like God will come among us. Will he come again? Yes. And there will be a
1: city. Yeah. And the tribes will return to it.
0: And he will live there. But I believe with my whole heart that can be a name for your apartment that you live in right now. Mm-hmm. The home that you live in right now. The, your life. That can be a name for your life. That the Lord is
1: and, there. And don't you want it to be a name for your ward too? Yes. Like I totally want it to be like, which ward are you in? Oh, the one the Lord is in. Yeah. That's mine.
0: And I'm about to get a chainsaw and add more doors to my church. <gasps> I just want, why? And
1: everybody's name. (laughs) You you just list up. This is your door. There's a place for you right here. Bishop,
0: I'm not really going to do it, but I might. I might. You know, I just love that idea of like wide open, huge place for everybody with your name there and above all else, because of your experiences, you're going to be able to say the Lord is there.
1: Yeah. It's so good. See? You loved Ezekiel. You
0: didn't, you thought, you you skipped this book. (laughs) You just love it. And Carl And you
1: thought the last of the Old Testament was going to be boring. You guys, we've got you covered. Yeah. We we love where we're going. It's not, you're not going to get bored.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, next week, Daniel. Hmm. You're excited. See ya. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.